you wake up exhausted, you reach out for your coffee, for your breakfast, you get out of the door, you get to work by 10 a.m., 10.30 a.m., you are just falling asleep and you need something to wake you up. So you might have a oat latte or something else, something to wake you up. But by 4 p.m., it's the same thing. You're tired. You go to home, you're exhausted. What is happening? Stay tuned because today I'm going to talk about the different reasons why you might be tired and what you can do to stop that fatigue. Hey, 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 welcome back to my podcast, Isaweli here. How are you? And thank you so much for being here. Today, we are talking about the reasons why you might be feeling tired and what you can do about it. Listen, I personally been there for years and years and years. And I know back then my main reasons were my diet was my diet. But there are so many other reasons, including hormones, that we're going to talk about um, in a bit. But I just wanted to kind of picture the kind of fatigue I'm talking about. Not every now and then you're tired and you know the reason why. Maybe you had an off night. I'm talking about a a sort of consistent fatigue that Perhaps you've tried to do something about, perhaps you've tried to sleep a little bit more, but it's just not shifting and you're just not sure and you're sort of trapped in this cycle of eating, you know, stimulants or having stimulants. And our stimulants will be anything that is sugary, very uh, uh, caffeinated food, you know, whether it's coffee itself or loads of green tea, um, sugar, chocolate, all these things just to keep you awake. So this is the kind of fatigue I'm talking about. So I'm going to start with the most obvious reasons and we'll finish with the less, the least kind of obvious reasons, but still very, very important. So number one would be dehydration. I think one of the first reasons people might feel tired, especially throughout the day, is a lack of hydration. If you're dehydrated, your organs are going to struggle to do their job. So very important to just, you know, I know this one is such an easy and, and basic one, but we often forget. Sometimes you might start the day and by midday you're like, oh, damn it, I didn't even drink any water. So have your bottle of water by your side and just drink, sip through it throughout the day, stay hydrated. Something I love doing that is great to energize your body very gently, but also great for your bowel movement is when I wake up, I'm going to drink like half a liter of water in general before I eat before I do anything else. I have, I do have an extensive morning routine though. <laughs> I wake up, I scrap my tongue. Then I take a large spoon of coconut oil. I swish around my mouth for 10, 15 minutes while I set my mats and start, to start my day. Then I exercise in general. I'll do yoga, Pilates. Um, and then I'll take a little sip of, um, I'm currently taking a, um, how do you call it? A probiotic, a liquid probiotic that I'm trying. I've been trying it for six weeks. I'm obsessed, guys. This is so good. I'll share all about it. It's the Simprove one. I'll share all about it in due times and hopefully have a code as well. I need to ask them to give me a code for you guys because I think everybody should try it. But yeah, I'll do that. And then after that, I... I drink water, right? So I'll take the sip of probiotic before, um, after my workout. And then 10 minutes after, I'll drink water. 
I know it's a long time, but see, if you don't do that whole routine, you don't work out and all of that, you can drink your water pretty much as soon as you wake up, but that's going to hydrate you. That's going to help you bowel movement. It's going to help your skin. It's just so important. So, and when you do that half a liter in the morning, straight away, like you're, you know, already doing a quarter of the water you're supposed to drink throughout the day. I'm saying stupid because I like to aim for two liters of water minimum. I push to three when I can and I just, my energy levels are completely different when I do that and so is my skin. All right, number two is a low nutrient diet. And again, this is an obvious one and this is where I lived for years. When I was, when I used to be a professional dancer, all I ate, as you know, and I talked about this many times on the podcast, all I ate was club sandwiches like Haribo's I used to be obsessed with Haribo's and also these other sweets um it's like the rose blue it's like blue and pink and it's like really fizzy oh my god you guys I used to be obsessed like nowadays if I were to eat something like that I wouldn't last a day my body would not be able to take it like I would not last a day but my diet was appalling I even had a moment where I was obsessed or rather addicted to coca-cola and i'll just drink i'll wake up and i'll drink a can of coke like what (laughs) who was i (laughs) oh my god and it was totally normal and it was fine but listen i had to go through that to see what was best for my body and that just didn't work right so low nutrient diet remember food is power food is energy it can either uplift you or it can knock you down and make you crash again food is power food is energy food can uplift you it can build you it can give you some energy or it can knock you down and make you crash and you know it can make you crash remember when you have like too much sugar or those big meals that you can't digest and then an hour after you're in the sofa thinking what the hell is happening to my body right because your blood sugar is like went up as soon as you ate that thing and then it came crashing down. We want to focus on nutrient-dense food and beautiful, well-balanced meals that will keep our energy levels steady. So you eat, you feel great. You have good energy. You don't go crashing. And you've got to do that with you know, loads of fruit, loads of vegetables, loads of nutrient-dense whole food. These are going to help you rebalance your energy levels. Very, very important. And you know, you know yourself better than anybody. Some people might do very well on certain foods and some people might do less less well on that food. For me personally, I know sugar is a no-go. I know gluten tend to zap out and just take my energy levels away. Yeah, so, and, and also big too oily meals, like really heavily oily meals, they do that. Some people might not do well on meat. I'm fine with that. So it's also knowing what your body likes and what your body reacts to. Something that I like, and I always used to teach that to my one-on-one nutrition clients, is when you eat your meal, if you feel that sense of expansion in your body, like, oh, like I fed my body good, then that's good. If you eat your meal and soon after you're like, and oh, my stomach, like something, oh, I feel weird. Just know that whatever you just put in your body, something your your body didn't like it, basically. Okay, moving on to the next one. While we are talking about nutrients, let's talk about caffeine. And I know every time I talk about this, caffeine lovers, like coffee lovers are like, oh, there she goes. But this is a reality. And a lot of studies have seen this. 
too much caffeine will zap your energy levels and will make you feel sleepy and it's going to affect your sleep as well. There are loads and loads of studies about this. And what the answer I usually get is, oh yeah, but I've been drinking coffee for so long, like it doesn't do anything to me. Yeah, your body's used to it. Our bodies adapt. Your body, our bodies are so intelligent. They're so clever. They adapt. Like I can sit here and eat gluten and drink coffee and do all these things that my body actually I then realized it didn't like. I can do it for a while. It'll be fine. But when I stop it and I feel much, much better, that means well, it wasn't good in the first place, you know. So um, that's something to consider. Excessive caffeine is not great for you. While we're on the caffeine subject, something else as well that I, I want to mention, I think I talked about it before in one of my podcasts when I talked about gut health. With caffeine, it's not about just not drinking coffee at all. No, it's about having it at the right time of the day. And the best time is between 10 and 3 or after like an hour after breakfast. You don't want to have coffee as soon as you wake up. And I know a lot of my clients, again, do this. They have coffee and what it does is stimulates their bowel. It gives them the energy. And really, essentially, what you're doing is you're rubbing your body's, your body's natural ability to energize you and to have a bowel. Your body can do these things. You wake up, give it water, give it the natural environment to do its job, right? So don't rely on caffeine for energy and for your morning poop, basically, is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> okay. Next up, again, an obvious one is poor, poor sleep hygiene. Now, poor sleep hygiene, I think we all know what poor sleep hygiene means. We're going to bed too late. We bring our laptop or telephone into the bed. We're watching the news until very late. So our, so our brain is super active when we go to bed. And that's something I'm guilty of at the moment. I'm not going to lie to you. With everything we have, and I'm recording this podcast uh, today's Monday, October 30th, 2023. Um, there's a lot happening in the world. And I'm talking specifically in the Middle East and yeah, I've definitely been guilty of this the past two weeks and, you know, scrolling and reading and watching some horrific images and things like that. And I'm not saying we have to shy away from it. Absolutely not. We need to be aware of what's happening in the world. I believe that it's important for us to know, to take a stand, to be humans, to take a stand for peace, that is. Um, but does that mean you have to be on your phone? watching it all at midnight no because that is not helping anybody and certainly not helping you either so poor sleep hygiene back to poor sleep hygiene make sure you allow your body to calm down before you go to bed so you can sleep properly so your organs can you know can restore actually a restorative sleep is between 10 p.m and 2 a.m so what they say is we should try to get to bed for 10 p.m now for me to do that I mean I did it for a month I did I gave myself a challenge and I did it really well and then I had so much going on with my family recently my parents being unwell we were on holidays in Spain it was awful because <laughs> my boyfriend and my daughter got sick and then I came back to London it's just just been a lot going on so I'm sleeping back to the 11 30 bedtime and it's just not great like I really want to get myself back towards sleeping around 10 p.m because it makes such a difference and it's true like you wake up you're like wow I slept for real and not because you're going to sleep longer I tend to wake up I like waking up at six but because 
like they say, between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., those four hours are the most restorative. So check your sleep hygiene. Make sure your bedroom is nice and clear and clean and fresh, right temperature. Switch off the screen. No distraction in there. Clear your mind. You could even do like a little restorative yoga or yin yoga before you go to bed. Like just a quick 20 minutes one. All right. Next up, we have lack of exercising. Again, a sedentary lifestyle does not help us. It makes us feel sluggish. We are humans. We are humans. We are movement, right? Humans, we're not static. Things are moving in us. And I always say, we, we've got to move. We've got to be in the flow, just staying static, always at our desk or in the sofa. It's just sitting down all day. It's not what we are built for. So even if you can't exercise or perhaps you don't like exercising, walk, try to walk half an hour a day, take the stairs instead of the lift, find ways to get your body to move regularly. Now, if you're working at the desk, take a break every two to three hours, go for a quick walk. I don't know, do a squat if you're working from home, like do things, have a dance, have a dance. Like dance is always good. Have a dance, shake it up. You know, there's so much you can do. And if you do like exercising, try to set yourself a little a little routine, a little schedule, a little something. Even if it's just a quick 20 minutes in the morning, it's better than nothing, I promise. All right. Next up is food intolerance. Now, we food intolerance, just I was talking about earlier with gluten for me, for example, I don't have an official gluten diagnosis, though when I was pregnant, I could not. Like gluten, I could not. It gave me the worst headaches. Like I was like, what the hell is this? Up till recently, it still gave me like, if I have too much gluten, I'll still have a bad headache. But if I have just a bit, I can manage. So I'm trying to keep it as low as possible. As low as possible. Like it's not something I'll choose. Unless I fancy a pastry because obviously I'm French. <laughs> so when I'm in Paris, I'm like, mm, <laughs> I really fancy a chausson pomme, So I might go and have it. But jokes aside, I'll always go for uh, no gluten because I just know it really zaps out my energy and makes me feel shitty and it makes my gut worse, like really, really bad. So yeah, food intolerance is an important one. Mine would be gluten, but there are so many other intolerances, you know. So I would say if all the things I talked about earlier, so hydration, uh, low nutrient diet, poor sleep hygiene, lack of exercising, um, too much caffeine, if these are things that you don't think are your challenges and you've kind of got all of those under control i'll start with looking into your diet is there anything that your body is not liking that your body is struggling to either break down to accept your cells are like hell no your immune system is like no 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 this is not working for me have a little investigation maybe do a food diary for seven days and to track your energy levels when you're very tired have a look what did I eat today what was in my meal and for that that might mean for a week or so you cook all your meals or as, as much as you can so you can track what's in there and what you could be intolerant to all right now moving on towards some of the least obvious one and I will start with hormonal imbalance now with us women, when we menstruate and we have, well, obviously we have a full cycle, right? Our, our whole life, <laughs> our whole life is a cycle, isn't it? 
Oh my God. I was actually talking about this with a friend of mine. Um, what was it? Yeah, yesterday or a couple of days ago, I my periods have returned after two years. So obviously I got pregnant in uh well October or November 2021, gave birth, and my daughter is now 14 months and my period returned last week. Guys, with a revenge. I was like, wait, I forgot this feeling. I was so tired. I was craving sugar and I had so much chocolate. And like the day before, I was like, what's happening? Like, oh, my lower belly hurts a little bit. Like, what is going What am I going through? You know, I've forgotten. Two years is a long time. <laughs> I've forgotten. My body's been doing other things. My hormones have been all over the place, but different ways, you know, and I breastfeed and and I was just saying to my friend, God, like, we go through so much, like, so much. I'm grateful for our bodies. Like, I, I know throughout pregnancy and after I was constantly in awe of, wow, I get to do this. I get to grow a human. I get to feed a human. What a fucking privilege. What a privilege. And, like, what? Like, honestly, and then, and I probably should be grateful for this as well, right? And then we bleed <laughs> for so many days. And it's part of it all, right? It's part of it all. It's part of hormones and how they work. But God, I did not miss my period, let me tell you that. And everything that comes with it, the sugar craving, the this, the that, the pain, the feeling of sluggishness. Oh my God, for two days, I was dragging myself. And I forgot my little things. Like when I had my period back then, I'll do all that. I had all these little things straight away. I'll be like on the turmeric and ginger. So good for the pain. I should do another, uh, like a little episode about like, about that, basically. Uh, anyway, let's not get too distracted. But yes, hormonal imbalance. When we have through our cycle, the progesterone is high. I think usually it's week three of our cycle. We can feel very tired. So that part is kind of normal. It's part of our cycle, but if you have high progesterone for other reasons and you might be feeling tired constantly, that is worth checking. You could also have a thyroid imbalance, right? So again, going back to the previous things I talked about, like lack of hydration, low nutrients, the sort of more obvious things. If you know it's none of these, again, food intolerance, hormonal imbalance, these are things I would suggest you investigate a little bit, a little further to see what's happening, especially if there are other symptoms. You know, if you feel like your mood is not at the right place, your gut is, you know, you're feeling funky, I would definitely investigate the food intolerance or hormonal imbalance and the gut imbalance as well. Definitely. Okay. Next up, emotional stress. And I think this one is probably the biggest one because, well, first of all, our brain represents 2% of our body, right? But it actually uses 20% of our daily energy. So a fifth of our energy goes to the brain. And I think that's without, you know, stress, anxiety, or if you're studying, going through like exams, that's why we're so tired. But Imagine in the life we live today, we are constantly stressed, overwhelmed. There's so much anxiety, grief, and at the moment, a lot of sadness around the world. So if you're tired, both physically and emotionally, it's 
normal and what can you do about this and it goes back to what I was saying earlier is prioritize yourself prioritize your mental health try to have 15 minutes a day if you can for absolute silence for me this is one of my non-negotiable if I don't do it for three four days I can feel it but 20 minutes a day I meditate in the morning like I just sit there in silence even if my brain is struggling to empty itself and I struggle I'm struggling to focus on my breath I just stay there that just me it's so 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 important especially because I don't have the time to journal like I used to anymore yeah so silence is a very important one for me so find a toolbox build a toolbox of things that can help you alleviate the emotional stress whether it's meditation I find breath work really good as well even if it's just a quick 10 minutes again like it doesn't have to be something dramatic I also something I love doing when I'm really in not like not not in the right place mentally or emotionally is I just listen to meditation all day like instead of listening to like a regular podcast even if I'm in the tube or taking my daughter somewhere to uh, nursery or doing cleaning I'll just have a peaceful meditation something guided because that is just in the background, consciously and unconsciously resetting my nervous system, bringing it back, calming it down. Because there are times where our nervous system are just wired because we're taking in so much and there's just so much going on, right? So very important to, yeah, take the time to look after your emotional and mental health. It's very, very important because you'll be surprised at how much that it drains us basically. And then last but not least, I put I put on my note, go, 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 FOMO. <laughs> Fear of missing out. Um, I have to say I'm not so much on that train anymore, but I was. And there are times to be. There are times where, you know, there's been a big things the recent years on how hustling is just, it's not it. And I agree, hustling for the sake of hustle is not it. But there are times where you need to hustle to make shit happen. And I, I stand by that. There are times like in my career when I started, when I retired from dancing and I retrained, I needed to be in a lot of places. I needed to make things happen. I needed to be, and it was that season of my life and it was the right season. And it was sustainable in the sense that, I mean, it was sustainable, not always, I'm lying. It was sometimes I was literally burning out. So I guess there are ways to do it. But what I'm saying is it's not an all or every, like it's not like, hustle or not hustle you can hustle for a short period of time if you have things going on if you know you just need to push a little bit to make things happen but it can't be a all the time that's how you live your life that's a lifestyle that I think is just detrimental to us both physically and mentally and it makes us feel like in order to be accepted, to be loved, to be valued, we have to do so much and we're not enough and we have to constantly run after the next thing and this and that and and be here and achieve so much. And I think in a way that's that's BS. So get on the no train, work with your diary, keep some blank spaces in your diary. I'm someone who love, I love doing a lot. I love doing a lot of things. It's my personality. In human design, I also I also happen to be a manifesting, a manifestor generator, if you know a little bit about human design. Manifestor generator like love to do a lot of things. They need to do a lot of things. You know, like I teach Pilates, I'm a nutritional therapist, I'm a life coach, I create content online, I work with brands. Like my work days are never the same. You know, there'll be a day where I'm like doing one-to-one and I'm 
creating content after that, or my content day can look like filming an ad or a campaign for a brand and then doing my podcast and hopping in studio for three hours to film some Pilates classes. That works for me. I don't find it tiring. I find it actually, I find it energizing. If I were to do one thing, it just wouldn't work for me. But equally, in my days, I would keep like things I didn't used to do before. I would just do two things in that one day and I'll keep a gap of an hour or two to do whatever I want. And even it could still look like work, maybe. Maybe I'm just flicking through a nutrition magazine. Maybe I'm just flicking through my magazine. Like I'll relax. I'll find like I'll balance my days and my weeks a little bit better. I mean, also, I don't have the choice. I have a daughter now, so... <laughs> To be honest with you, she takes about 80% of my energy levels and, you know, I have to create space for her, which is beautiful because the space I create for her can be so nourishing and is so nourishing for my soul. And she, she forces me to slow down and be present and just that enough is great. But basically, if you are on a go, 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 I need to do this, you're always scared of missing out, you're on a constant go, you feel overwhelmed, you're trying to make 20 things happen in the same day, meet your friend, have the coffee, film the thing, just let it go. (laughs) Let it go. That is doing nothing to you. Create some more space. Things will happen. Trust the flow of things. Um, Allow things to happen and prioritize yourself. Et voilà for today's podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please, please, please don't forget to leave me a five-star review on the Apple podcast to help my podcast rise to the top so we can bring more tips and well-being content and inspiration to the rest of the world because we are I believe really believe in a place where we need to uplift each other with our skills with the gifts that God has given us I love you thank you for being here and I will see you in the next episode bisous